Hey, it's Mastin. Welcome to the Mastin Kid Podcast. If you want to take your first step uh, on your trauma-informed journey, come to claimyourpowerbook.com and get my book, Claim Your Power. There are uh, a bunch of awesome free bonuses with that, including a 40-day coaching journey with me that will get you started on your trauma-informed path. Claimyourpowerbook.com. Enjoy. It's awesome. I put my heart and soul into it. And if you want to really start your journey to do your trauma work, claimyourpowerbook.com is the place to go to get my book, claim your power, and to get a bunch of free bonuses, including free coaching with me for 40 days. Please enjoy today's episode. So, claiming power, what is power? That word can have a positive or negative connotation to it. What do you think it is? How would you define power? First thing that comes to mind. Strength, what else? Energy, what else? Ignorance? Oh, influence, yes, ignorance. Confidence, love. Are there any negative connotations to power? What could those be? Manipulation, control, what else? Abuse, what else? Arrogance. This is a great opportunity to define terms, right? Because if I'm sitting here, claim your power, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to be more arrogant. It's like, no, 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 (laughs) no, no, no. Okay, very simply put, power is your ability to make your purpose real. Thought, action, reaction, reality. Can I take an idea, an inspiration, a calling, a nudging, Something that I want to create, and can I make it real? And not just for five seconds, can I sustain it? Right? That's the name of the game. So then the question becomes, what determines how much power you have? What determines it? What gives you power? What do you guys think? Money. Hmm, interesting. What else? Mindset. Interesting. What else? Money and mindset. Interesting. Okay. Sounds like a webinar. Money mindset webinar. <laughs> Me and you? Being you gives you power. Yeah. Yes? Yeah, what? Believing in yourself. Okay, great. Awesome. You ever feel like the genie from Aladdin? Infinite cosmic power. Itty bitty living space. You ever feel that way? You know what I'm talking about? Right? You're just like, you have this big thing in you that how do I get out of there? How do I make it free? Right? Takes three things. Only three. Okay? First one is emotional awareness. Now, what does awareness mean? What's awareness? That's a word that spiritual folk throw around. Awareness. What is awareness? Paying attention? Here's what awareness means. You notice it. It's noticed. Because guess what most of us do? When we have something uncomfortable in our body, it could be like a little tweak physically or an emotion that's not comfortable, what do we do? Tend to. We tend to push it down. We tend to ignore it. We go for the sugar. We go for all that type of stuff, right? Like yesterday, like the TV was on for one second during something, and like literally this like show opens, and this woman is literally squirting whipped cream into her mouth, eating a donut and ice cream, and I was so jealous. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Right? (laughs) So good. Right? But we tend to do stuff like that. Right? We numb. We fight. We argue. We run. We eat. We 
go and do too over, we overwork. We do all these types of things. But emotional awareness just says, what am I noticing or what am I paying attention to and the sensations in my body? It does not mean that you overanalyze or spiritualize them. One of the things that we do as human beings is we over, how should I put this? We are superstitious about our emotional states. I'm feeling very anxious. Mercury must be in retrograde. I'm feeling upset. That's a very Taurus thing to do. It means that this is not meant to be. And we start to go to all these places. Who here's ever done this, by the way, before, right? What we tend to do is we tend to have sensations in the body, and then our brain makes up stories about what they mean. And then we go, yeah, and then other people are doing that shit, and we, like, co-agree. Yeah, Mercury's in fucking retrograde. Do not sign a contract. Serious, Mastin. Do not sign contracts when Mercury's in retrograde. That's serious business. Maybe. Right? Trust me. Technology breaks whether Mercury is in or the f- out of retrograde. Okay? It breaks all the time. I've signed contracts when Mercury's not in retrograde, and they still didn't go well. I've signed contracts when Mercury is in retrograde. It was fine. Right? That might be a belief system. And if that's what your belief system is, I honor that. But what we have to look at, guys, is in my over-analyzing emotional states. What if it was just a sensation? What if it was just information? What would that mean? If it's just info, what do you do with information? You, you look at, you're like, what is, what is, let me look at it. But we don't, we're not trained to do that. We're trained to dissociate. We'll get more into that in a second, okay? After you have emotional awareness, you have to have intelligence. So awareness is, this is how I'm feeling right now. Intelligence is, this is how I design the emotions I want to feel. Intelligence, there's a whole thing on emotional intelligence is important stuff, but it's not enough, but it's definitely important because can you architect feeling good? Can you design it? How do you do it? Simple. Open a bottle of wine, pour in a glass, drink that shit, you feel great. <laughs> Of course you can design emotional states, right? But can you design it without substances? Of course, it's just harder and also better, right? All day long. So the real name of the game is emotional fitness. And that's the part that most people don't want to hear. They want the magic bullet, six steps, the perfectionism of the jiggers, the success, right? Where it just stays in last, I don't have to touch it and set it, forget it, and everything's fine, right? But emotional fitness is the name of the game. What does fitness imply, guys? It's something that you have to consistently rehearse. What happens if you don't rehearse it consistently? All day long. Because here's the thing, and here's what's true. Our human bodies are designed to be on automatic and manual. Automatic and manual. Do we have automatic responses? What do you think, yes or no? You know you do. Here's how you know. That one person gives you that specific look. You know what I'm talking about? The look. Who here has someone in their life that if they give you a certain look, you have an automatic response to that fucking look? Let me see if I show hands. Right? Or a tone. You know the tone. How you doing? Fine. <laughs> does your body have an automatic response to shit like that? Yes or no? It does. And so is there a purpose to have automatic responses? Is there a purpose for that? What do you think? 
Like, why would we have automatic responses in our body? Like, why would the process of evolution get us there? That's right, because there's shit that's happening around us that you don't have time to think about responding to. And things are happening so fast, and guess what? The majority of the threat assessment that your body is making is from the neck down. And here's what's happening. I'll get into this later. We're going to start getting into it right now. The organs of your body are literally sending you information through your vagus nerve up into your brain, and you call it anxiety. Maybe. Or maybe it's good info. That's what intuition is. You feel something, and then you're like, I feel something. Oh, fuck that. Push that down and do what that person told me to do. Right? Or, you know, that I can't do that because that will make that person mad. And we're constantly getting information from our bodies, and we're pushing it down consistently. And here's the thing. Our bodies have evolved to have very, very, very finely tuned threat detection. The prefrontal cortex of the brain is one of the best threat detectors in existence. Because guess what we can tell the difference of? Facial expressions. Does different facial expressions mean different things? What do you guys think, yes or no? What does this mean? Nothing, okay. I'll go over here instead. (laughs) What does something like this mean? Safe or threatening? What about this? Safe or threatening? What about... Have I said anything? It's just a face. Right? We can tell reptiles do not have that ability. They're not like, oh, Fred's face over there, the lizard. Um, What's up with his face? They just have automatic responses. We have evolved. And here's the thing. All of that analysis is happening in the prefrontal cortex up here looking, scanning for threat. Our body is also taking in information, sending it up to the brain, and the prefrontal cortex is saying, that's threatening. Now, based on what? Based on what happened, perhaps, based on the genes that you inherited from your parents and the lineage before you, based on the expectations of your peer group, and based on the pain that you went through. And here's the problem. We overestimate threat. Because the success and opportunity come dressed like a threat. Here's how, this, this is how we want it to be. All right, here's the perfect blueprint. Not going to make any mistakes. Here's the guaranteed cash. All right, here's everybody's approval. Now you're good. Okay, and you don't have to make any significant changes. All right, that's how change happens. Is that how it happens? They're like, please let it be that way, Madison, please. Everything that we want is perceived as danger if we don't interrupt the automatic response because our body is trying to keep us alive. Is that a good thing? Is, your, is you being alive a good thing? Okay, good. I hope you think that's a good thing. <laughs> All right? So we have to realize that there's automatic mode, which is survival-based, and then there's intentional mode. There's manual mode where you're like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm having a response, and I'm aware of the fact that I'm going to choose differently. Because just because your body has an automatic response, does that make it so? Does that make it how it has to be, guys? What do you think? Does it have to be that way? What if it's not, I'm feeling something, so you're an versus I'm scared at the moment. Did you realize that depending on how you view life, it sends different signals to the nervous system? If you view life through comparison, 
it sends a nervous system signal that says threat. And all the body's responses interpret the information coming into you as threatening. If you go out into the world and have the lens of curiosity, is curiosity threatening? Oh, what is that? Hmm. Why are you scared? Is that threatening? What about, don't be scared! Is that threatening? Of course, right? We're consistently making threat assessments. And you've got to learn how to be curious instead of comparison. It's a different literal nervous system response. I'll get into that here in a second. But this is what emotional fitness is. Emotional fitness says my body has automatic responses that I will choose to listen to, acknowledge, and then begin to heal. Begin to heal because it doesn't have to be this way. And the problem is, long-term, I believe in medication from time to time. But medication is not the solution. It's really a supplementation. For me, I have traumatic, traumatic brain... Trauma, there's a dyslexia. Okay. Traumatic brain injury. That's pretty funny. Traumatic brain injury. <laughs> Talking about my brain, right? I have traumatic brain injuries in my brain. And I also have ADD. I take prescription medication for that. But I don't believe that my prescription medication will do the work for me. The prescription medication is not going to say, you know what, take responsibility for your life. Prescription medication is not going to say, you know what, work harder, add more value, take a risk, be courteous, be gracious. The prescription medication just gives me uh, help because my brain is damaged. Who follows? Does this make sense? Does that make sense, you guys? So when we look at prescription medication, it's not necessarily bad, but it's not the long-term solution to the problem because we have to realize that a lot of times what we're doing is simply just taking a prescription medication to numb out the body's automatic responses, which is a bad idea because it's sending you a signal for a reason. We have to learn to listen. We can't numb the noise. We can't numb the signal. So emotional fitness says, I am not just a set of automatic responses. I am intentional and I can create my life. And I'm not going to make myself wrong for my responses. There's a good reason to do that. And we're going to get into that right now. We're going to talk about mastery. What is mastery, guys? That's right. It's something that you can do in your sleep. You ever see, like, for me, I always love watching like, the Olympic gymnasts, and they just, they just do shit where they're flying around, and they're so agile, and you're like, how? Like, it's like art and technique, right? Athletes have this. You have something that's just automatic, and you're so good at it, it's no problem. Who's, who's seen people like this? We've all seen people like this, right? What is it like to witness that mastery? It's amazing. Time just flies by right? There's three phases of mastery. Phase one, most of us are familiar with, it's the excitement phase. Oh my God, it's January 1st. Yes, right? This is going to be easy. Going to the gym. I got this shit. I'm in, right? This is not scary. Fear, you. I eat you for breakfast with my shake, right? <laughs> I don't need any help. I got this by myself. And for real, I'm going to do it. No, for real. For real. How long does that shit last? Who feels like you just had a bunch of fucking excitement phases and then you just stopped? Anyone want to be honest and just admit that? You're just, Fuck, I got so excited, but then it got hard, so I shiny pennied over here. I got excited, didn't work out, and then I went over here, got excited, and you just kind of go around getting half-assed excited. And you're like, I've tried everything. Everything but sticking with it. <laughs> right? So excitement's fun. January 1st is about the time we all tend to get into it. Right? Then, the most important phase is resistance. What the f*** is this? <laughs> right? 
This is harder than I thought it was going to be. It's scary. I'm going to withdraw and isolate. I'm going to go uh, chase another shiny penny instead of following through on this thing that I made a decision with. And you know what? This is just like everything else. All the other times I've done it. All the other times. All the other times. I said I wasn't going to do it. I did it again. Who's ever hit a resistance phase before? Let me see if I show hands. Right? And what people tend to do is they tend to stop in resistance. But resistance is the name of the game. How well you work with resistance, that will determine how far you go. Think about this. Resistance weight training. You need resistance to grow stronger. Do you not? Of course. Right? Yoga. Your body will resist you. (laughs) Right? You don't want to push it too far, but just enough. The pose in yoga begins when it gets slightly uncomfortable. Right? The work in your life and your purpose begins when the uncomfort sets in. You have to learn to anticipate it and set yourself up. And you can't lie to yourself that you can do it by yourself. You cannot do it alone. Everybody needs help. And here's the thing. In this room, I already know you're probably really good at supporting others. Who here is really good at supporting others? I love helping care of other people. Who here is like, I can't wait to ask for help? couple people. They're like, yeah, help me. I need the help. Who here feels like asking for help is offensive, scary, and or something you don't want to do, if you're really honest? Let me see if I show hands, right? So, but that's the deal. We actually had to learn how to work together, and you learning how to ask for help is the name of the game. I could not produce this event by myself. There's no fucking way. There's no way. I'm just the guy yapping on stage. All this other stuff, I didn't do. And it takes, you know, the term is it takes teamwork to make the dream work. That We've probably heard a version of that. You can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. You can't isolate and be successful. It does not work, all right? Now, what happens if you bust through this resistance phase? You stick with it. You have support. You have a tribe. You have mentors. You're getting consistent feedback. You're coming back. You're getting in the hang of things. That's when you earn mastery. And your thoughts then, you forget. Here's the thing. When you get to the end of something, you forget how hard it was sometimes, right? I've had clients who are like, yeah, when I was having a child, and I was giving birth, I thought to myself, never going to fucking do that again. And then like six months later, they're like, huh, maybe we should have another kid, you know, right? Or you go through something really hard, and then at the end of it, you're like, that was no big deal. But in the moment, did it feel like a big deal? Come on, guys, yes or no? Of course it does. But at the end, you're like, I can't believe I doubted myself. Challenge is how I grow. These are the conversations you have with yourself, right? I'm not isolating. I'm showing up more. I'm asking for help. I can't do it alone. And this is a lifestyle. Habits can be created in 30, 60, 90 days. It takes a year or more to create a lifestyle. What's the difference between a habit and a lifestyle? A habit is one thing you do in your life. It could be like getting up early at 5 a.m. That's a habit. Changing your lifestyle, that quadrant that you filled out at the beginning, is when everything's at an eight or above. which is a little bit different than a habit, right? And yes, little steps are how you get there. How do you eat a field of kale? I say this because if I say steak or cows, people get offended if they're vegans, right? Kale is just as offensive, by the way, but it's fine. (laughs) How do you eat a field of kale? One bite at a time. So that's why if you want a habit change, dedicate yourself to something for 30 days, 60 days, If you want lifestyle change, do this from now on.
Hey, it's Mastin. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. And before we wrap up, if you found value in this, one of the best ways to get this trauma-informed information to the world, if that's something that you want to do and to be a part of spreading the word, I would be so very grateful if you could leave a review on Apple or Spotify podcasts so that uh, you can review this. And hopefully it's a good review, but please leave an honest review. And especially if you want to leave a five-star review, I would be super stoked on that. But of course, just make it honest. But my goal is to share more trauma-informed information with the world. And I need your help to spread this information and reviews matter. So if you feel called to do that, would very much appreciate it. If you got value from this episode and from this podcast, we very much appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for hearing me out. And if you feel called, please leave a review on Apple or Spotify, and we'll see you in the next episode.